What's up? What's up, Nick? Oh, Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And we go back a couple years, late 2020, Justin and Alexis Black, they self-published this book called Redefining Normal, How Two Foster Kids Beat the Odds and Discovered Healing, Happiness, and Love. In the two years since then, or not quite two years, it's got over 200 reviews and has sold over 9,000 copies. And that's an accomplishment in itself for any title, let alone a self-published title, and let alone a self-published title that's categorized as a memoir where typically, unless you're already famous, nobody's buying your memoir. So we're going to dive into everything that Justin and Alexis did to set the book up for success and how you can borrow the same tactics for your own side hustle. Justin, welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Hi, how are you guys doing? Such a blessing to be able to be on here and speak to you all today. I'm super excited and just uh, just looking forward to everything. You and bet me as well, because one thing, so the success of the book is you know part one of the equation, but the other thing that's really cool is that that has translated into speaking gigs, consulting engagements, a host of other opportunities to the point where you're now both full-time entrepreneurs. I think it's a really cool example of how self-publishing can be a viable side hustle, sure, but it can also be a viable entry point into a much broader business. You'll find links to the book and all the other resources mentioned at sidehustlenation.com slash Justin, where you'll also be able to download my free self-publishing checklist. There's a lot that goes into the publishing process, and this little guide is going to help you keep on track and stay on top of all the little steps along the way. Again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash Justin. We need to kick this off with your idea, your inspiration. Why did Redefining Normal need to exist? What inspired you to get the book out there in the first place? The reason why we wanted to write this book uh, largely is because of myself and my wife having lived experience with trauma and going down generations in our family and also lived experience in foster care. Now, whether you've had contact or experiences in the child welfare system or not, uh, the topics that we cover in this book is largely about how, you know, two individuals come together and they set the standard and the culture for the next four to five plus generations. And with that being said, you know, how many of these relationships uh, or marriages or people coming together and the standards, the culture and the foundation of it all, it's not always healthy. So in a book like this, you read through our personal testimony and story of our family history and what we've gone through, in turn, challenging yourself to review, okay, what are some of the things that I learned from my mom and dad, whether they're in your life, whether you grew up with both of them in the household, if one or both were absent, what are the things that were said before me and that was taught to me? And how does it impact my life now? And how has it impacted us generationally within our family history? Challenging each and every person to do that. And I feel like it's a question and a concept that each and every person has to go through. What is your normal? And is it fit based on something that is healthy or unhealthy? And how can you go about redefining that, whether it's an entire 180 or it's a certain area that you need to tweak? Yeah, it's so true. What's what's normal for you might not be normal for somebody else. And so if you can redefine that, take ownership of that, it makes a lot of sense. So I'm really excited with the product that you guys have put out into the world and the reaction that it's gotten. All right. So what was the first step in getting this thing outlined? Did you write a rough draft? Did you, you know, speech to text brain dump this stuff with your wife? Like what's what's going on on the, I guess, the production, the writing side of things? Yeah, of course. So one of the biggest things that kind of help us organize with the writing of the book itself uh, was the self-published school. 
created by uh, Chandler Bolt. Uh, Self published. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really helped us with the writing of it. Kind of taking thought bubbles, like having a central thought in the middle and branching off from there and having a central thought as kind of one of your main things and in the branches kind of being even your chapters and seeing what's relevant to the story, how to make it cohesive, how to make it consistent and going from there. Also, trying to surround yourself with people who, when the idea is very early, you don't want to tell too many people about it because too many people may change the direction of your story and where you're trying to go and everything. And everybody's input is not always good. But trying to get professionals, as you have maybe your, your brain dump it all out, try to get your first draft, everything together. And then once you have your first draft, everything together, then you allow, try to get more people who have either some writing experience with uh, kind of content editing. We spent mainly the majority of our time and money on the content editor, making sure the story okay. makes sense, was cohesive, everything together, especially since it was a kind of a unique style of writing where it was an exchange of narratives between my, myself and my wife kind of going back and forth. So we wanted to make sure things made sense, that the concept and everything, the themes all came together. And with that, we had the content editor working on it and also some maybe trusted loved ones who read a lot and read a lot of books. So uh, having them involved in that process also. And then for the grammar editing, we kind of had maybe some English teachers and students kind of that we knew look over everything and had a, an entire launch team uh, look over certain snippets of it. But as far as the entire book, had about seven to eight different Grammar editors kind of look over everything. And it was funny as each and every person found something different. <laughs> so that really helped. We weren't set on everything being perfect before we actually published. We knew that there will be mistakes. There will be some grammar errors throughout the book. But, you know, as we go along, we take those in, we take note of it. And then maybe a few months down the line, we do a reprint where we make those corrections. Yeah, and it's all it's all print on demand. That's the beauty of it. If you just upload a new version and you you don't have a you know ten thousand copy print run to deal with here. But I like this. So I like um, Chandler is self publishing school. I like his mind map writing process where it's kind of like exactly how you describe this. You know, almost this brain dump of different concepts and ideas, and you know the big the big picture topics that you want to cover, and all the little like details and stories that you want to make sure that uh, are included in that section, and then. Once you have that, like it almost, I mean, obviously it still takes work, but it almost writes itself because it's like, okay, now I just need to piece this stuff together. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, fill in the blanks. Were you writing a blog? Did you consider yourself a writer prior to this? It's like, nope, I'm going all in. I'm going to make this book from scratch. Yeah. So what was funny is, so this book originally was the idea of my my wife's and she, she had uh, our pastor actually kind of put it on her heart to write a book like this. So we kind of make it, made it a collaborative process and she's more like the entrepreneurial, you know, if it, I always say, if it was up to me, this book would be a couple sheets of paper stapled together and just I'll be handing it out to people. But she's the reason why there's a cover, there is, you know, it's so organized and everything. And for me, I do have a, a decent history with writing. I graduated as a public relations degree and I originally wanted to be a journalist. So my freshman and sophomore year, I was kind of a writer for a school newspaper, uh, doing a lot of sports writing. I was huge into sports. So doing a lot of sports writing, doing like hard uh, news stories and things like that in my classes, a lot into journalism. So I think that kind of helped me 
a bit and just having a decent history in writing, you know, with blogs and wanting to write books of my own with different ideas. And even in high school, being the sports editor of our school newspaper, I think all those things kind of helped out. But transitioning into more serious writing that's really impactful into people's lives is kind of the big step that really challenged me in that way as it, as it relates to writing. Yeah. And it's something that clearly has resonated. And you mentioned the cover design. The cover looks great. It looks very professional. Was that through a um, cover design contest service like uh, Design Crowd or 99designs? Or was this, um, did you have a designer do this on their own? Yeah, I believe the organization is called 100 Covers. It was 100 Covers. Okay. And uh, it's pretty, it's, what's funny is this is actually our engagement photo that's on the cover. And we didn't mean for it to be like our book cover, but uh, it, it just so happened to end up that way. So we went through a hundred covers and they gave us like a few different ideas. And what helped with our launch team is we were able to bounce multiple different ideas off of our launch team, go back and forth. Uh, we started doing research on the color, like what colors uh, uh, invite people in, how do they make people feel and things like that. And one of the funniest things is that my wife and I, for the cover, we had the same cover, but it was like a burnt orange. We loved it for some reason. We were like this, sit on it, like this is our cover. This is everything that we want. And we we were kind of already decided, but we just thought like, okay, why don't we just throw it out to our launch team and to different people and just see what they think. We already know, but we just, just see what they think. And we sent them that cover with the burnt orange and then the blue that it is right now. And everybody chose the blue. It was like a seven to three vote, uh, almost eight to two. Everybody that I asked, they, they said that they love the blue. They love the blue. And it was funny because we were already set on what we wanted, but they chose something different. So that kind of goes into you listening to your audiences and the people that you're serving. And, you know, once you have the team around you, you can ask them these questions uh, around the cover, around the color and everything and kind of just bounce ideas off of them. Even down to like the the subtitle, we had titles as far as redefining our normal. We had the journey of two foster kids and and many different titles and subtitles, and we we bounced that those ideas off of our team as well, and really going through that process and really kind of solidifying everything to make it like a statement. So we redefined our, we took out our, because we wanted to, we don't want to make it our story just in general, but challenge readers to redefine their normal as well. So we titled it Redefining Normal and just have that that stamp right there. And then, um, yeah, with the cover, just bouncing ideas off of different people helped a lot. And also 100 covers uh, sent us multiple different options that we can choose, but we were able to kind of solidify things and get it down to a few different ones that we were interested in. Yeah, so you kind of swallow your pride and say, well, I was really married to this uh, you know, orange one, but the audience has spoken. They say this one is the clear winner. Yeah. So good for you for saying all right, I guess we got to go with that. Um, talk to me about building this launch team. It sounds like they're really involved in the process in providing edits and feedback on not on just on the cover, but like on the internal text of the book and the subtitle and everything. Talk about how you recruited this this launch team, how you communicated with them, what that structure looked like. So I'm talking people I've known personally, professionally, in many different areas. You know, to a degree, you don't want there to be like some type of conflict of interest. If you have colleagues or coworkers, you know, if you're not comfortable asking them, maybe, you know, <laughs> putting up that boundary, but making the acts and asking as many people as you can. And you never know who they know 
and how they want to get involved. So uh, I think it benefited from us being in the college environment where we did know people who are in different colleges of, you know, people who are English majors and editors and things of that nature. But really just making the acts was extremely important for us. And then on another level, just making sure that we are trying to be super intentional about, you know, keeping them involved in every single step of the process. So from, like I said, the subtitle, the title itself, the cover, trying to send out short snippets to people from the first or second chapter, um, you know, the photo will be used, colors, trying to keep them involved in each and every step of the process, making Facebook groups. So where we can send it, we can ask a question, we can put quizzes and surveys in there to get their feedback. Uh, We also created a quiz. So a lot of people aren't on Facebook. So making the email list that we can send to people, sending them questions and surveys, keeping people involved and updated on everything is extremely important. And I think just giving people like a a view into the process that makes them feel important and together. And once this thing comes out and you kind of give birth to it, they feel such a part of it and close to it that it just feels, it feels like, you know, I helped do that. I seen it in the rough stages and patches and now I help, you know, bring it together. So two is always better than one. And as many people as you can get involved in that process at a proper time, I think that's extremely important. So do you have a sense of how many people were part of this formal or informal launch team? It was around 300, give or take, uh, people. When you include the people who are on our Facebook, as well as the people who are on our email list. And some people didn't check email much and some people didn't check Facebook much. And I didn't want to be like a a hound, just just like begging people. But if you didn't check either one, I would have to text you. You know, I would have to make sure I text you and just check in and see how everything is going. So, you know, I would say, give or take, maybe around 300 people supported us and helped us during this process. Yeah. So casting a really wide net. I mean, even I, with the last time I did like a real formal launch team was maybe 50 to 70 people or so. And this was like back 2016, I already had a pretty sizable audience to pull from at that time. But you're saying, look, I, maybe I don't have a 30, maybe I had a 30,000 person email list or something at that time. I don't necessarily have that to pull from, but I do have this Rolodex, this network of personal and professional contacts. It sounds like Nobody who was connected to you was going to not know that this thing was coming out. Like everybody's going to be involved in some sort of way. And like, I'm going to. If you knew me, you knew I had a book coming out. Absolutely. Okay. I like that. I appreciate you sharing that. So getting as many people involved, getting them excited, getting them, you know, feeling like they have some level of participation and feedback in this thing, you know, and whether or not they, you know, are, you know, (laughs) providing detailed light item edits you know, that's probably one level of involvement or, you know, just voting on which cover they like best, you know, another level of involvement. But the more people you can involve, the better. And that's actually really helpful to say, like, because when you launch this thing, you need some sort of critical mass of reviews and sales out of the gate to kind of give the Amazon algorithm a little bit of a nudge to say, oh, this is something that's worth showing up on your bestseller list. Or this is worth something that's, you know, recommending people who bought this also bought this. So talk to me about, the launch, the pricing strategy out of the gate. Was this a free launch? Was this a 99 cent thing? Talk to me about that first week in trying to build momentum or, or did the launch not matter? It's just like, uh, you know, it's available now. Go, go get it. 
No, yeah, I think a launch definitely matters. So messaging through, like I said, Facebook and email and kind of keeping your launch team involved throughout the process. So sending various emails like, okay, we're two weeks away, we're one week away, three days away, today is launch day, you know. So building up the anticipation um, and letting them know, giving different cool activities along the process. And at the same time, so as the launch comes along, maybe on the first day, creating an incentive where, you know, there is 99 cent purchase. Uh, So yeah, for first day is 99 cent. And, you know, having your launch team, you know, be of support and, you know, they've read the book, having them involved with reading the book. So everyone who read the book, you know, try to get them to leave a review and making incentives around, you know, leaving a review. When you leave a review within this matter of time, you're entering a raffle for some type of prize or something or making an incentive base or where or encouraging them to do that and, and making sure that, you know, you're specifying some of your goals, whether it maybe you want to be a bestseller or, you know, you want to sell a certain number of copies or whatever it may be. Specifying some of your goals with your launch team so they know that, okay, his goal is to be five stars on Amazon with a certain number of reviews. So making sure they're doing that, making sure they're informed and also taking the pressure off of them as far as like writing the review itself. If you can assist them with anything and trying to answer those questions for them as far as, okay, do you not know how to write a review here? Some of the bullet points that you can hit on as far as what did you think or, you know, whatever it may be, uh, how did it make you feel or what some of your takeaways, you know, from what you read and everything. So being super intentional about that and trying to assist them along the process, because for most people, you know, like I said, they're already busy. They didn't want an extra task on their on their plate and everything. But if you can assist them in making it easy for them to be involved and making it easy to support you, I think that'll be huge. So what kind of prize or raffle did you give away? Some type of uh, Visa gift card that we gave away to, I think it was three people that we gave a variety amount of gift cards to people who did leave a review into the raffle. Okay, cool. I like this idea of providing kind of a review template. Like, oh, it's one thing to say, yes, I need reviews. I'm trying to get to 10, 25, 50 reviews, whatever the threshold is that you're trying to get to. But it's another thing to say, like, provide those specific prompts so people could fill those in. And even I imagine you had people replying to you like, Hey, I really like this section. It, you know, it made me think differently about whatever it is like, okay, awesome. Can you copy and paste that into Amazon for me? Like I've done that dozens of times. I swear people, you know, send email feedback, which is cool. It's like, Oh, that's awesome. Could you help me out? It would really be cool if you could drop that into Amazon as a review. I was curious if you did pre sales, like I guess like pre-orders for the book, or was it just like, no, day one, 99 cent launch? I'm trying to think, did we do pre-orders? I I believe we did do pre-orders. Yeah, we did do pre-orders about maybe a week or two before. I don't exactly remember the details of that. But yeah, we did start with pre-orders and making sure that those were available to people. Okay. I'm always curious about that because I've seen people do it both ways. And I I have historically gone, no pre-orders, just put it up like really quietly and only tell the launch team about it for like this 99 cent thing. And like, here, get your copy, leave your verified review, and then like full public launch, you know, a week later. Like it's just because, you know, when you're doing the pre-order thing, you might not have any reviews for the full public launch. And it's like, whoa, is this thing any good? So I don't know. I was curious about that. It's a magic moment 
when you get a prospect that says yes. But what happens next? For one thing, you're going to need an organized and professional way to get paid. Having an accounting tool is a must-have for every small business owner. So making sure that you budget for that from day one. And the tool that I like the most is FreshBooks, especially if you're a service-based entrepreneur. That's Sylvia Inks, a small business financial coach, on episode 349 of the Side Hustle Show with an unscripted plug for our sponsor, FreshBooks. Let's get your bookkeeping out of the shoebox this year and into the cloud with FreshBooks' award-winning invoicing and accounting software. FreshBooks has been making life easier for service entrepreneurs for the last 15 years. For example, you can automate your invoices, so all you have to do is sit back and wait for payments. You can give your accountant access to all the information they need to do your taxes, and you can accept credit card and ACH payments right on invoices so you can get paid faster. With all these efficiencies, FreshBooks is saving Side Hustle Show listeners up to 200 hours a year. What are you going to do with all that extra time? To start your 30-day free trial of FreshBooks with no credit card required, go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. Um, one thing else that I've noticed was on the launch marketing and really the ongoing marketing and promotion for Redefining Normal is the influencer outreach, the media outreach, the, you know, I mean, you said you had a background in PR, so the PR outreach. Speak about, you know, maybe some of the big wins on that front, whether it was a big media interview or a big you know, podcast guesting appearance? I don't know. What do you think moved the needle in terms of uh, copies sold there? Yeah, I think that some of the biggest things that has really helped us is knowing who we're serving. And I think self-publishing school, I mean, I, I noticed a lot with PR also doing the research and everything. But one thing that self-published school also harps on a lot is, is knowing your market, knowing who you're serving, and try to be in that circle. So one of the things that really helps us a lot is going to different conferences, going to different festivals and going in our circle. So breaking down the different themes that we cover in our book, whether it is our, our spiritual phase, whether it's child welfare, whether it's mental health, whether it's relationships and marriage, breaking down some of those themes and being in those environments. So we go to conferences around child welfare and which since we both have lived experience in foster care, that's been like a huge part of our network. So expanding our network, connecting with them, 
And one of the things that's really helped with sales, as I said, is going to these conferences exactly where your market is, being in the, in the environment where your target market and audience is, and selling directly to them because they're looking for the resources. They're looking for the things that can help them. They're looking for more stories like ours because they're our, our target market. So the social workers, the foster parents, the caseworkers, the judges, the lawyers, all in the child welfare space, whether it is talking about our spiritual faith. So talk going to festivals that are Christian music festivals and all these other spaces and everything. Being in those environments have been huge in book sales where not only do they just see your book, but they see you and you're able to talk to them and connect with them. You're able to connect with them personally. Are these event organizers typically receptive to you showing up and trying to sell your book? Or are you submitting yourself as a speaker to these events? Or just how do you get on their radar? Yeah, of course. What we do is we were able to create a media kit. And for those who don't know what a media kit is, is basically uh, most authors have one. Uh, So authors or speakers have one. So what it is, is basically information about uh, who you are as an author or as a speaker. And it breaks down either if you have a book, themes and conversations within that book. It kind of summarizes some of your professional experience, maybe in a particular area, almost like a a nice looking resume, almost just kind of showcasing who you are, what, what your book is and what you are about as an author. It could usually include your speaker or your, your not speaker, but your author bio. So breaking this down, making it look good and fancy and everything and professional and sending it to different people. You can send out press release, but also just like a specific breakdown of everything that you'll be covering and doing. So as you send these to different conferences, if you want to be a speaker, you can request to, hey, I heard that, you know, you have different speakers, maybe keynote speakers or you had different people do workshops at your conference. And here are some of the things that we covered. And as you do those outreach things, why it's so important to be best on the authors, it establishes credibility. So you want to establish establish your knowledge in that area. So like I said, if it's around child welfare and foster care, I have lived experience and I'm also successful as an adult now coming from foster care. And they want to hear more stories like that. And on top of that, I am an author and I'm a best-selling author. I didn't just write a book, but I'm a best-selling author. So that kind of establishes my credibility in that space to want them want them to invite me to these spaces. And so is that and then just the natural connection. And as I go to different audiences with the faith-based organizations. I'm, I'm tailoring my message towards them to kind of say the same thing, but maybe more towards faith-based audiences to make them feel comfortable. If I'm doing maybe marriage conferences or or you know family service conferences, whatever it may be, I'm tailoring my message towards them to tap into those themes and conversations that relate to the book. So tailoring my message, I have multiple different outreach messages to different organizations. And I'm making it specific so they feel comfortable welcoming me in. So I'm establishing credibility. I'm establishing knowledge in this space. And I'm also showing the benefit of why you may need me in this space, why you may need my book, why you may need me there as a person in general. Yeah. How does it align with the story that they're trying to tell? That makes sense. So at re-definingnormal.com, at Justin and Alexis' site, if you scroll down, to the bottom, at least at press time, there's the download press kit here button. So you can see an example of what they have included in their press kit. And it's a lot of what he's talking about. Hey, here's what we speak on. Here's where we've been featured. Here's some of our credentials. Here's just a little bit about us, right? Kind of a quick, you know, one page, well-designed thing. You put something together in Canva or whatever program you're comfortable with to do that. 
I love Canva, by the way. Canva is our go-to. <laughs> I know. I keep trying to get them to sponsor the show. Like they they get plugged on almost every episode. I guess maybe they don't need to. They're getting they're getting free exposure anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One thing that I uh, noticed too in the um, intro of the book is the lead magnet, and this is somewhat common for especially nonfiction authors, but even fiction, I guess. Like you know, get the next book in the series, or get a sneak preview of the next book in the series, whatever, to generate email signups, like to build that list, right? You had a, sounds like a pretty sizable personal network, but not necessarily that 100,000 person email list that you could just, you know, click send to and all of a sudden the sales pour in. So the lead magnet in the, uh, in the front of the book is how healthy is your relationship? Find out with our free gift. And it's this little quiz PDF looking thing. But one thing that's interesting is it says, you know, email us at free gift at re-definingnormal.com with this subject line and we'll send it to you. I'm curious, like versus like sending people to a landing page, having them send in their form, like, is this automated on the back end, the digital delivery of this thing? And what's like the email, like nuts and bolts behind making this work? Yeah, definitely. So what we use now, we were originally using uh, MailChimp, but now we've transitioned to MailerLite. And uh, yeah, it has been huge and kind of getting more people on our email list. And one of the things that I've always learned is that whenever you come in contact with people, you always want to give them action steps. What can they do to get that information? What can they do to connect with you? What can they do to learn more? You need to always have action steps. It's not always like buy this, buy that, but it needs to give people some type of action step to kind of enter this circle of resources and information that you have for them to enter that circle of being a part of your team or in your audience and everything. Allow them to do that and not just interact with you and leave without being involved at all. You need to kind of invite them in and keep them involved one way or another. Yeah, that's funny. That's that's actually top of mind because this week I went through and updated my top 50 blog posts because the, you know, for a lot of them, the call to action at the end is like, what do you think? Leave a comment below. Maybe not the most ideal call to action. So I went in and replaced it. And this was inspired by Matt Giovinisi from Money Lab and Swim University with this bulleted list like, hey, are you still looking for more side hustle help? Hey, are you serious about making extra money? Here's three things you can do. You can sign up for our free $500 challenge. You can join the Facebook group or you can you know, go download the podcast, right? Three things that are high value to me that drive people to the show, that drive people to the email list. And giving people that logical next action step. Okay, I made it all the way down to the bottom. What's next? What else you got for me, right? So the mailer light thing is this: is this automated? When somebody follows those instructions, does mailer light automatically deliver that file, or does that go to an inbox? And now you got to say like, "Hey, thanks so much for signing up," uh, or an assistant goes in and does that and and sends them that file. We usually manually send those out, and we have other people on our team who send those out. Okay, no worries, no worries. How many people have taken you up on it? How big is the email list at this point? So the email list is roughly around like seven to 8,000. Working to grow it and to get it more improved. And it comes from a variety of different areas. The lead magnet in the book is one, but again, a lot of it is the from presentations that either me or Alexis or someone else in our team is doing. A gathering email list from that or emails from that. Um, many different areas, from book purchases, to many different ways that we uh, gather people on our email list to even check out the website. And that'd be one of our pop-ups and lead magnets on our website. So many different areas that we have, uh, have people join and everything. So it's 
it's been pretty decent way of communicating and one of our primary ways that we uh, contact our audiences. No, that's awesome. That's that's huge. And starting from, it sounds like a much smaller network or a smaller list two years ago. So that's really cool. Talk to me about what the book has led to in terms of the opportunities that have opened up. You mentioned uh, some of these speakings and trainings and workshops and consulting. Like now all of a sudden, because, hey, now we're best-selling authors. Now we can command a certain price. Or like, hey, come, we'll come talk at your event. At the beginning of 2020, you know, my wife and I, we wanted to write this book. We started talking about it and, and deciding that we wanted to do this in 2019. And in 2020, once the pandemic hit, and I was still in college, and a lot of uh, foster youth who were in college were being kicked off of campus, experiencing homelessness, and just really unfortunate and really terrible. And fortunate enough for me, I was able to live with my my wife's, or she, my fiance at the time, live with her adoptive parents. And for the next nine months, or for the next couple months, we're just diving in, writing this book. During the pandemic, during lockdown, we're just writing this book, writing this book, applying for hundreds and hundreds of jobs, but really taking the time to write this book. So one of the things, the biggest things that has led to is from us really almost experiencing homelessness to using the funds from this book to purchase our first home in December 2020. So that's been one of like the biggest things that it's done for us. But then turning this into a, an entire company where we're breaking down themes and conversations in this book and turning those into workshops and many different social workers in the child welfare space, they're looking for stories like ours to kind of see like, okay, how could a lawyer or attorney or a social worker have done better in these situations? And we take them through those scenarios to break it down for them using some of our personal testimony and getting some other people involved where, okay, they're mental health specialists, there are other foster parents and getting the community of people involved in our processes to see, okay, so we have the lived experience of foster care and trauma on one side, but then you combine that with the, the mental health expertise and other side of things together. And now we are able to deliver these workshops to different conferences, different organizations, institutions, both virtually and in person. And now we're at the point where we're, we're growing so much that we need to start scaling and expanding. We have expanded our team, but now we want to send more people out to do this work as well, to do workshops, to do the speeches and do the trainings. And I actually just came from New Orleans like yesterday. <laughs> I came from New Orleans yesterday doing a speech in front of a couple uh, hundred, 800 people and uh, do, giving a keynote and uh, being able to also table at the conference and have a booth also. So being able to interact in that way has just been tremendous and, and has really helped us in our company get the word out and lead to many other opportunities as well. Yeah, congrats on the house and congrats on starting to land these gigs. I think that's really cool. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. 
And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash, it's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. If you're comfortable sharing, what's it cost me to book you today if I'm hosting an event? <laughs> I, want, I want Justin and Alexis to come uh, do a training or do a keynote. Yeah, of course. So we always try to factor in a couple of different things. So we factor in, is it a keynote or versus a workshop? Workshops, of course, are more interactive. We have discussions. We have kind of like scenarios and different things that we go through. A speech, of course, it, we have it. It's interactive, of course, but it's mainly just one form of communication where I'm speaking to you. So we always include the, the if it's a keynote versus a workshop, the length. We've done five-hour workshops and trainings where I'm like, okay, that's a lot. But um, yeah, uh, is it a one hour or 20 minute speech or whatever it may be. So we we'll always make sure, of course, the basics, the flight and accommodation and everything is covered and getting that together. But I would say for, okay, for maybe like a one hour speech right now, one hour keynote speech is about $8,500. So that's kind of ballpark, give or take our prices, depending on again, many other, many other things. And we, we do about, between three to five speeches or workshops a month and two around two ish conferences a month also. So pretty busy work and everything that keeps us busy, but uh, no extreme blessing to be able to what we do what we do now. So that's awesome. Congrats on that. And, and of course prices subject to change, but I mean, that's one reason we've been trying to schedule this thing for, for months, but you're like, well, I'm at this event or I'm traveling over here this week. And it's like been a, a little bit of a challenge to make the schedules align, but I think people are going to look at that and say, "Well, eighty five hundred bucks an hour for keto, like that's a fantastic hourly rate." Not taking into consideration the travel time and the months of writing time that went into the book and the whole lifetime of experience that led to that keynote. But that's really cool, and that helps put into context, like, okay, the, the somewhat speculative work, and and it doesn't come free either. You guys invested in training and editing and cover design and all this stuff to make this product and put it out into the market to begin with, but then to say, okay, well, here's the back end. Here's the, you know, the book royalties are great, right? And that's, you know, we're not going to knock on those at all, but like, here's where the real dollars and cents come in is from these, you know, high ticket trainings, keynotes, workshops. So I appreciate you kind of sharing the, the nuts and bolts behind that. 
Justin, what surprised you the most over the last couple of years uh, since putting this thing out? What surprised me the most is, is so many things. Uh, I think, as mentioned before, like experiencing homelessness and talking about my time in foster care and being homeless in, in my life throughout this book. And using that to now we actually purchased our second home where we're raising our family now. We have a child on the way due in like a month. And oh, congrats. Having, thank you. Thank you. So. And, and having all of this kind of come together where we do this full time now, where we are doing consulting, uh, traveling and everything full time now, where uh, some some months I'm going for like one to two weeks a month. So, yeah, just doing this full time and it's really just the that has really surprised me. But even more what has surprised me than that is just the I know, I know the the money is, is cool and everything, but. The things that people say in the testimonies and the words that they give, I've heard people say this is surprisingly beautiful. I've heard people say that you encouraged me to go back and get my doctorate because of things that you've said. And I'm not trying to just boost my ego or anything because everything that I do and say is a blessing from God. But I think it's been the most surprising thing where I've had moments where I've gotten off stage where I kind of feel like less of myself where I feel like, man, I just, I don't know. I just, did I do enough or was it good enough? Or I'm just you're so unsure about yourself. But then the, the things that people say to you after is just really been amazing. It really keeps me going. And the, the warm remarks and the kind words have really encouraged me to keep going and, and just have been, continue to inspire me. You know, it's because of the, the loving people in my life that I have this book and I'm able to speak on stages and things like that. So and it all started just me being a writer. And as much as I do speaking and workshops and all that, at the very core, I still identify myself as a writer and an author. So I think it's just how much it has exploded and being able to do this full time has been probably easily the the most surprising thing during this time. I love it. That's really rewarding to be able to create something, put it out into the world, and then have it paid back in, in that way. So it's really cool. What's next for you? What are you working on these days? You mentioned bringing on other coaches to expand the business. Like you said, you got a newborn on the way, maybe traveling and doing all this stuff becomes less viable down the road. Uh, you've got the Rose from Concrete podcast, Rising Above Societal Expectations. What else you got going on? Yeah, I got too much going on. That's what I got. <laughs> but no, um, so first we got a baby in the oven. So I always want to prioritize family and making sure that's taken care of. And, you know, we do plan on bringing the baby on the road and integrating them into the lifestyle. So we will be those people on the plane with the crying baby. <laughs> so please forgive us in advance. But um, but coming up now, what's amazing that we just released uh, in July 2022, we just released our faith-based companion guide. And this fall, we are releasing our first children's book. We don't have the name together yet. We're still getting everything together, the launch team, and super excited about that. So we don't have everything together yet, but we are trying to you know, gather our team to get that released this fall. So we have our first children's book coming out around the same time we're, we have our first child coming out. So super excited about that. And then we just want to continue to grow and develop and thoroughly establish our coaching program and recruit more people and have them on board as well. All right. Well, make sure to send me a note about the kids book when that launches. We'll add it into the show notes. So people can go find that. Re-definingnormal.com. That's where you can find everything that Justin and Alexis are up to. 
Thanks again for joining me. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Continue to serve and always have a, a service mindset on your brain and on your heart. One of the reasons why we're able to do what we do in, in multiple different areas is that we have our, our paperback book, our audio book. We even have it translated in Spanish now. So once you continue to look to serve, then you'll always be able to grow, be able to contribute to what other people have going on, be able to give them information and knowledge, whether it's through your personal story and testimony, or there's a skill that you've learned. I was taught to be a conduit of information. So I'm always super intentional about that. And the more you're able to serve, the more you're able to grow. And I want I want to encourage you to do it from a selfish standpoint, but to genuinely love and care for people and look to serve them and help them in one way or another, then you'll be able to see more opportunities to do that. It's so true. See how you can serve. Appreciate you sharing that. This has been awesome. Justin, again, re-definingnormal.com. Thanks for joining me. I've got a couple spitball takeaway notes before we wrap up. Number one is this idea of leaning on your network. And even if you don't have this huge you know, audience to speak of, you don't have 25,000 Instagram followers or whatever it is, like you have an existing audience, whether you believe it or not, and it's your existing email contacts, your professional colleagues, your LinkedIn connections, your Facebook friends, like you, you have more people in your corner than you might think. And they at least care something about what you're up to. And so if you can involve them in this process, if you're doing a book, if you're launching whatever business it is, right? If you can involve them in that process, I think that's a really cool way to get a bunch of people to support your work and kind of launch with a bang here. The second thing that stood out was this real intentional marketing. And you mentioned, okay, in self-publishing school, they hammer on who's your target audience? Like who is your ideal reader for this book? Okay. Well, who are they already doing business with or who are they already paying attention to? How can I get in front of those people? Right. Not just relying on Amazon, but trying to find these other hubs or connection points to your ideal reader. And then finally, like using the book as a top of the funnel, it's a lead magnet into the email list. It's a lead magnet into these high ticket speaking and training engagements. Those are the people I see having the most success in self-publishing are either the you know, the serial authors, which it sounds like, okay, you're well on your way there. You got more books coming out, but the, you know, they're either those serial authors who just love cranking out books and can't stop, or they're the people who are using the book as that introduction into their world, into their ecosystem, low ticket, and then just using Amazon almost as a, as a discovery engine. It's kind of how I have trended to look at the self-publishing world for the last few years, at least for my books. Once again, you'll find the full text summary of this episode, along with links to all the resources mentioned at SideHustleNation.com slash Justin. And while you're there, make sure to download my free self-publishing checklist. There's a lot that goes into the publishing process, and I think this little guide will help keep you on track and stay on top of all the little steps along the way. Again, that's the free self-publishing checklist at SideHustleNation.com slash Justin. But big thanks to Justin uh, for sharing your insight. Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. You can go ahead and start your 30-day free trial of the number one invoicing and accounting solution for freelancers and service providers everywhere at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.